So I recently was driving to and from Minnesota. Uh, let's see, that would have been... Was that last weekend? Yeah, that was last... Right? Yeah, that was last weekend. Um, and, you know, I ran out of new podcasts to listen to uh, about three hours in. <laughs> uh, so I went back and was listening to some old episodes of Q4. Uh, like some OG episodes. Do you, do you all remember the the couch burning episode? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listening to that one, and just for all of the shenanigans that we had, that we still have, um, I've noticed that our sports predictions are surprisingly on point. Because in that episode, TJ said when the 2019 Minnesota Twins were a mere four and one, that they would run the table that they would win the division and that they would be swept by the Yankees in the first round of the playoffs. Wow. That's pretty impressive. I think we, have we talked about yeah. that prediction? Before? I'm sure TJ has probably yeah, because I've yeah. brought that up multiple yeah, that times right. because oh, yeah. I'm very proud of the fact <laughs> that I literally saw the future. Yep. And then I was sitting it, in the basement of OEC yep. and I <laughs> saw the future. He, he channeled his inner Romo. Um, <laughs> and then on another episode, I, to, I said that, let's see, this would have been, oh gosh, was this the 2018 or 2019 Cowboys? I said that they were going to go um, probably 10 and 6, but had a cap. Yeah, this was, this was two years ago. Uh, that they were gonna go ten and six, but had the cap for eleven and five, and make the playoffs for the first time in a couple of years. And y'all laughed at me, <laughs> thought I was crazy. But then we traded for Amari Cooper and went ten and six. So TJ and I just seeing the future here. a topic that might you might be able to predict some future on today i like it so like, I'll, I'll accurately predict it's another that. it's another fun uh reading through an espn article and saying everything that's wrong with it mm. so i like it i would i guess here's my first prediction i'll make a prediction there and it'll be accurate but here's my first prediction joey chestnut is never going to lose a hot dog eating competition Oh my Joey Chestnut gosh. is also going to die at the age of 42 if he keeps Dude, this I think up. He's probably, is he in his 40s already? That I don't dude, know. I just, looking. I saw it on Instagram. He, it was like Joey Chestnut breaks his own record, 75 hot dogs in. I think it, you get 10 minutes, right? I'm pretty sure it's 10 minutes. He's, yeah. So, it, yep. It was 75 hot dogs, if you 10 look minutes. At the, he's like, 36 if you look years at the old. leaderboard, he has, He's on like 72 and there's 30 seconds left. The next closest guy is like low 40s. And then it's like 35. And then it's like 20. My gosh. Like, what is wrong with he, this person? And he holds 46 I've, and I've always world been records <laughs> in competitive eating. 46 world records. There was a uh, there was a New York Post uh, article on him uh, about uh, following the the 
hot dog eating contest. Uh, apparently, the man ate over 90 pounds of hot dogs during his quarantine. So while everybody else was was bunker or uh, uh, sheltered in place, uh, not able to go anywhere, he was still able to, to perfect his craft, I guess. Um, and I've always been surprised because uh, he is not a large person. So just like 75 hot dogs in 10 minutes, they're, they're all I'm, in there somewhere. So yeah. like, just physically, how I'm do you looking get through all his of that world records there? right now? Do you guys want to hear some of these horrifying world records? Yeah, I, I feel, feel like, like I don't. I, I'm going to tell you like one. One world record. And this one, it just this it happened last year in Canada. At the 10th annual Smokes Poutinery World Poutine Eating Championship, oh. Joey Chestnut in 10 minutes ate 28 pounds oh. of poutine. Oh. What? My <laughs> gosh. How do you. That <laughs> is so much. Poutine. How does your stomach not just like fall out of your body? <laughs> that. 28 pounds? Ow. 28 pounds of poutine. I feel like at some point yeah. your body like it has yeah. to. I feel like... And, and, and I feel like, you know, when... There, there has to be a certain point in this training where you have to overcome that natural reaction to, you know, not ingest 75 hot dogs or 20-some pounds of poutine. And I just... Forcing yourself... To eat that much food, I don't yeah. want to be in a place where I do that. That just sounds I, miserable. Why people want to do this, I, I, I don't. Some understand. of these categories that he holds a record in just make me laugh because, like, it's categorized as if I'm watching an Olympic sport. Like in 2016, there's burritos dash long form. <laughs> uh, deep fried asparagus is now, a world record. Is that is is burritos long form I referring to the burrito itself, the amount of know. time you have the, to eat the burrito, or the, the orientation in which you eat it. the burrito? There's also turkey parenthesis whole. <laughs> like how many whole turkeys you can eat? <laughs> he ate 9.35 pounds of whole turkey in 10 minutes. Dude. My think gosh. About, like, That's just so disgusting. Think about like a 10 pound dumbbell. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. And then ingesting that into yeah, I don't <laughs> eat my dinner in ten minutes. <laughs> right. I can like if I'm eating <laughs> hot dogs fast, I'm like two at ten minutes. And like obviously, if it was a competition, it would be different. But oh yeah. Do like do you think <sighs> he's you know it's just a Thursday night and he makes dinner and he just makes like two hot dogs do you think like he ever does that yeah i'm what what is normal yeah. eating like does he go home and make himself 50 hot dogs and eat them all in under 10 minutes well for his nutrition I've, he he ate 90 pounds of hot dog in oh, quarantine so apparently so he's there's definitely training like there's this guy i watch on youtube who's a competitive eater and it's one of those things where it's disgusting but like you can't look away and <laughs> well, it, it, it's the same as the, it just like photos. I, I googled Joey Chestnut, and I'm just in the image gallery, and like half of them are action yeah. shots of him <laughs> stuffing a hot dog into his face, and they're just he looks <laughs> pained. He looks yeah. like he is not enjoying himself. 
And I just I don't understand why this man is subjecting See, himself like, to this. See, like the glory of his of his career has to this has to today has to be the day that he dreads, right? Like July fifth, the day after, it has or to I guess the rest of July, oh, yeah. like the month <laughs> after you, because that your body <laughs> has to just be looking at you, going, "Really, dude? Seventy five hot dogs <laughs> inside of the body, and hot dogs are as." What are we supposed to do with this? Right. <laughs> right. At, no, I, I don't want to get too grotesque, but at what point does your body process yeah. them? And as at what point? That's a good. Like I've, I've thought about them. that quite often. Yeah. <laughs> just dropping a whole hot dog <laughs> two days later. <laughs> oh gosh. Although I, I wonder if at this point, because this is not his first rodeo by a long shot, as TJ was mentioning with the records. So I wonder if his body has like adapted and he's developed like an Ser- intestinal yeah. system of steel. He is he is uh, the next just, like, stage of human anything. evolution. <laughs> Gosh, I uh-huh. hope not. This is natural selection at work. <laughs> Superhuman is not going to be think- anything different except for the fact that we will be able to consume monstrous amounts of processed meat in short periods of time. I <laughs> I feel like I want to be left behind then, if, if that's the next evolution. Uh, you know, we, ta- we, uh, we talk about this show becoming a, a food podcast, and it would seem like food eating contests are yeah. a happy medium, because it's still sport, sort of, and, and it's food, but I don't know. I feel like if we were to do a food podcast, ours would be like a food appreciation podcast and just talking about the awesome foods that we've had and not jamming your stomach full of as much processed meat as yep. possible. That's just staying away from uh, that. Nope. 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 Yeah. I, I can't stop <laughs> looking at these photos, though. It's, it's disgusting. Yeah. I don't, it's just weird. Like, how did this how did this become, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm really good at eating. Well, I'm really good at eating. Well, I bet I can eat better than you. Okay, here we go. Ten minutes on the clock. Let's eat as much mutton as we can. I don't know. I, uh, I just found a photo uh, of Joey Chestnut, uh, and he's looking longfully at 32 Big Macs stacked Dude. on top of each other in their boxes. And already, you, yeah, you know how that that's ends. That's just... <laughs> His poor everything, like every organ in his body has to just be so frustrated that they've been grown inside Joey Chestnut. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been inside Michael yeah. Phelps. But right. Oh, my God. Instead. Or inside Joey Chestnut. Uh, <laughs> these are, these are Stop looking at him, Noah. <laughs> See, it's it's one of those things I'm like sorry. I I hate but I love watching that guy on YouTube yeah. because I'm like this is so gross. I'm going to I should probably watch it. And then halfway through <laughs> I'm like I this is disgusting, but I'm going to keep watching it. <laughs> oh, I think that's a good that's a good yeah. intro. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. We're, welcome uh, to the Q4 podcast we're everybody. Back, baby. The only podcast that you can find everywhere you want to listen to podcasts where you can subscribe to us and then listen (laughs) to us and be more enlightened 
every week. <laughs> uh, I feel like that's yep. false advertising. We are, we are the Enlightenment uh, podcast. On the path to enlighten. I was about to say, on the path to enlightenment, we are, if we're on it at all, we are one of the very, 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 very <laughs> first, first boss. Oh, types. we are on the path. Like if if chimpanzees were evolving to become a human, this is one of the first things they would listen to to just get a basic understanding <laughs> it's of a what stretch. language is. And jolt even the then, bolts. that's it's a stretch. Jolt, hashtag jolt the bolts, baby. <laughs> um. Oh. Oh my gosh! If there is a chimpanzee at a zoo who Dude. just walks up to someone and says "jolt the legendary," bolts, how would a chimpanzee would get this podcast? Don't worry about it. Don't ask questions. Just what if they accidentally played it on the zoo loudspeakers? Uh, or you know, people accidentally like drop their phones or whatnot into different cages when they're looking trying to take photos. So maybe a monkey just grabbed that and you never know it on accident. He was. I was trying to find a good monkey or, or banana pun. There, Grab the banana phone. All I just come, coming back to is banana. Po- all, all I kept coming back to is banana podcasts <laughs> as opposed to Apple podcasts. You can listen to the Q4 podcast on banana podcasts, <laughs> our new proprietary podcasting platform that only has our podcast. Okay. Nothing else. My, my brain's still not fully awake. This is going to be a fun That's episode. how we like it. I have topics. And we're going to dive right in to Noah being unawake to talk do about it. this. Uh, ESPN has released their 2020 NFL roster rankings for all 32 teams. I'm thinking we're going to go through Ooh, this, this list. And we're going to decide whether or not this is a good list or a bad list. My bet is that it's going to be bad. And then we're going to rework yeah, it I- to the Q4 list. I like it. So, uh, starting right off the bat, we all know who is probably number one. Baltimore Ravens. ESPN list. Uh, Yeah, that makes sense. Their running game is astounding. Offensive line has some holes, but when you have Lamar Jackson, that really doesn't matter. I, I mean, really, when you think about it, it's just the interior offensive line. Yeah. That's it. And your your the people who are going to deal with the interior offensive line are Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, and J.K. Dobbins. That's that's fine. They'll make it work. Yeah, and that's it. Like like looking at their at their roster, they're aside from obviously Lamar Jackson and you know Earl Thomas on defense. You don't uh, have Calais one Campbell on who defense out. Well, they, they 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 just signed him, but and, and I was just saying you have a you have a collection of players, who, from last season they didn't, none of them were bona fide superstars before that season, but there was just something about the way mm. that that team was formed it just gelled, and they were the most complete team in yeah. the NFL, and that's why okay. I didn't uh, include Clay's Campbell TJ. So now now adding him onto that defense, that defense is going to be even yeah. scarier. Uh, so it just, yeah, if, if they can find a way to, to fix, uh, the, the interior offensive line and, you know, that, that was also to be expected a little bit too, because Marshall Yonda, uh, who was like one of the best guards in all of football is no longer on, on their team. Uh, so yeah, 
I'm, yeah, can't, can't you tell <laughs> that my, my brain is slowly, slowly coming awake here? Uh, I've got ideas that I want to say, but, but they're not coming out. So I'm just going to shut up now and, and let you continue with the list. Uh, number two, and this is where I start having a problem. I want you guys to take a guess at who is the number two ranked team according to ESPN. Does it? Let's see. Let's let's deductive yes. reasoning. TJ's upset. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that means it's a good team that he doesn't like. I'm going to guess New Orleans yeah, Saints. Yeah, he's guessing well right. Done. Number two ranked at ESPN is the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> and I have some issues with this. They I lost mean, in the first round of the playoffs I, last year with essentially the same team. I, right. I think most complete roster versus... I, most complete rosters don't always translate into uh, winning teams because obviously we saw that with the Baltimore Ravens, fourteen and two, arguably the best team in the league. They're out in the first round of the playoffs, mm-hmm. or at least you know divisional round, their first round. Um, and just ob- uh, objectively, the the Saints have one of the deepest rosters on both sides of the ball. I mean, any team with Drew Brees, I mean, the man's ageless, uh, and he has shown no signs of slowing down. Uh, that defense, we're kind of the same with the the Ravens. There isn't one particular player who stands out as, uh, that's a lie. You got guys like Cam Jordan, Demario Davis. Michael um, Thomas. But for the most part, they're... Yeah, he plays offense, though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey. We're, we're talking about the, uh, the defense here. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, honestly, hey, no, put him at corner. That that could probably work. <laughs> um, but but that defense, there there are a couple stars, but really, there's nobody who sticks out as elite. But they're all really good, and that's hard to do. To get a group of guys who are fantastic at what they do, but not well known enough to garner the super mega contracts. So I I I'm okay with the Saints being at number two. I think they have a very well rounded team. Um, and as long as Drew Brees yeah, is at I think the this, helm, you brought up a good point team. at the beginning that because uh, I was surprised. I pulled up the article, so I'm glad that you went and guessed because I was going to be like, "Well, I think it's the Saints" because I'm looking at the article. <laughs> um, but they're like, if you look at this, is basically like an on paper discussion, right? Like we're looking at this team on yeah. paper, so it's. I understand right. why they're two. It surprised me at first, but then looking down, it's kind of like, well. Yeah, they have a lot of really, really good players. They just didn't play good enough to win in this specific game last year. So I agree with it. Um, I've been high on the Saints for the last like three years and thought that, okay, this is the year the Saints are really just going to take over. This is the year. This is the year. This is the year. And they haven't yet. And I think the clock is definitely ticking with Drew Brees up there too, especially with some prior comments he's made oh, yeah. and people maybe not being as big of a fan of him as they once were it's uh it's, i feel like it's now or never it's been now or never for the last like two or three years with the saints and now it's really <laughs> now or never because you're not going to be able to pay cam jordan and demario davis right. and michael thomas and oh. alvin kamara and drew Brees. like you just don't have that money so it's now or never i'm if if you think about it, they've been in this state since they won their last Super Bowl a decade ago. 
And they've always, for the most part, every season have been in contention, but yep. they've always just kind of fumbled in the playoffs. So once again, I mean, these top two teams, yeah, sure, you can say they have the most complete rosters, but that doesn't mean anything really once you get to the playoffs because a- anything goes there. And we saw both times last season uh, the Ravens lost in an upset to the Titans, Saints lost in an upset to the Vikings. So deep rosters yeah. are great, but it's just about the hot team at the yeah. right time. Also, before we we go any further, can I make yeah. another prediction? Uh, because this is ESPN, and it wouldn't be uh, a top ten article uh, without some uh, some love for the Cowboys. Because uh, everybody's always high on the Cowboys roster, even though they don't deserve it. I'm going to say the Cowboys are in the top ten, close to the top five. Okay, maybe. I'm I'm no, I want to go, go right no, to number no, yeah, three. We'll, we'll, Wait, can I? Can I tell you, Noah? They're number yes. six. Hmm. That's yeah. 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 That, that was sense. a that was a spot on prediction. In the top ten, close to the top five. That's, the that's thing. it's right there. They're they're all they're always near the top because they have good pieces. They've got good talent. Jason Garrett could just never figure out how to make it work. And that was so, so infuriating. If you look at those 2014, 2016 teams in particular, they were gold. I think that 2014 team with Romo, Murray and Bryant was one of the most dominant Cowboys teams we've seen in the last two decades. And Jason Garrett did freaking nothing. Sorry, I'm the epitome of I'm not mad (laughs) right here. (laughs) <laughs> not mad, not mad at all. Um, it's fine, it's no, fine, everything's fine. It's fine. Number three. TJ, I'm fine, I'm fine. Number TJ. three, I'm just going to go TJ. right to it and not, just go not on with the stoke list. Noah's flames anymore. <laughs> San Francisco 49ers, we all saw this one coming too. Uh, they're yeah. good, they're a good team. <laughs> they're uh, When yes. the worst player on your team or on your offense is arguably Jimmy Garoppolo, you, you've got got good stuff going Let's for say, you. I, the Niners are so fun to watch. I mean, they yes. are yeah. an old school '80s football team I mean, with your two, arguably your two top offensive players being your tight end <laughs> and your fullback. Yeah. I mean, that's unheard of in today. And so, just watching them, they have a shut down defense. You're not going to be able to score much on them, uh, and then. You know, having, you know, a, a no-name running back. Oh, he's Mostert, so good, though. Post 200 he's yards so in the playoffs. He's so good. And I think part of it is just, you know, nobody heard of him, but he's a good back, but also just has an incredible offensive line and, and, and blocking staff in front of him. Uh, a lot of people criticizing Jimmy Garoppolo about being, uh, you know, just a game manager or not being worth what the Niners paid for him. I think he's doing exactly what he needs to do. And we he really wasn't in a situation where he needed to be that elite quarterback who could single-handedly lead his team. That's just not how the Niners are structured right now. And so, yes, it would have been helpful <laughs> if the, if uh, Jimmy G could have uh, been a little bit more efficient at downfield passing in the Super Bowl. But if you look, the, the, the Niners had the Chiefs, arguably the best offense in football, outgunned and outplayed through three and a half quarters of the Super Bowl. So 
Yeah. I say keep on doing I mean, it's, keep on going. It is, yeah. I love how you said that phrase old school because it's totally old school football, right? It's what the Dallas Cowboys wanted to be but couldn't have been in the past like 10 years. Just like super good offensive line, tough football, running between the tackles, stuff like that. And it's just not it's not glamorous. So I think they get overlooked because of that. And I kind of think that Jimmy Garoppolo is almost – the perfect quarterback for them because they don't need or necessarily well I guess you probably always want but you don't need a big flashy quarterback like Lamar Jackson there you like you need someone who's just going to manage the game and who's going to throw the short pass on third and four or do whatever you need him to do to win the game and they made it to the Super Bowl like they're obviously doing something right so the Defense just helps the offense, too. Right. And so, when the defense is so dominant and you only have to score 14 points a game, then it makes it a lot easier for you. It's it's definitely an anomaly. Like In this league today, you need a good quarterback to be successful. And even sometimes when you have a good quarterback, you can't be successful, such as, you know, the Lions. <laughs> um, but it's just... It's... The, the Niners at risk of sounding like a Niners hype man, because honestly, I'm kind of eh, on the Niners. Um, but they've captured lightning in a bottle with this team. This is like the one of the only ways that you can have their style of game be successful is to have this roster. And they got to put together. So uh, kudos to them for, for knowing how the yeah. roster works. Another team that has its roster working for it at number four, Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, hard to argue with that when you have some of maybe two of the top five most electric players in the league with Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Like just Mm -hmm. you have so much, like you said, uh, the 49ers have captured lightning in a bottle. It's the same, but also the exact opposite in Kansas city. Like they have these once in a lifetime players that happen to be playing at the same time. And Oh, by the way, don't forget about someone like Travis Kelsey too. So it's not just Pat- Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Tyron right. Matthew. I mean, like- just like so many great superstars all coming together. And of course, you have Andy Reid at the helm, too, who's been doing this for 800 years. And oh, my gosh, yeah. is someone who has been a risk taker in his play calling and in how he wants to play a football game the last, especially the last like 10 years, is he's willing to try all this new stuff out. He's willing to throw the ball downfield and when you have someone like Patrick Mahomes I mean the world is your oyster you can literally do anything and he's somehow going to do it it just doesn't make any sense and I don't think we we, we have we've talked about it yet but if you look at three of the top four teams uh the head coaches yeah. are some of the best in the game right now with Sean Payton John Harbaugh and Andy Reid um you know they've been in the league forever uh and their teams i mean with the exception of andy reed that one year when he uh, was fired from philadelphia they've never been uncompetitive they've always been in the running and you know what andy reed has been able to do with the chiefs i think their their influence on their respective teams can't be overstated because uh, this chief's team has andy yeah. reed's fingerprints all over it and I think the only thing that's keeping them from being higher on the list, I mean, their offense is phenomenal. They have so many weapons they can choose from. Their offensive line 
is weak and Patrick Mahomes is able to compensate for that a lot. But their defense is also particularly the front seven and their pass rushing is not the best. Uh, and so we, the Chiefs are successful in spite of their defense and they've been able to win a lot of shootouts because you have Patrick Mahomes in the offense that they do. And, you know, number four, you know, if you're the number four team in the league, I think everybody's going to be just yeah. fine with that. There are plenty of teams who would kill for that. Um, but the Chiefs, which is scary to think about, as good of a team as they are, they have room for improvement. I don't, as a Vikings fan, I do not want to see that. <laughs> I, I don't want to see the Chiefs get better. I don't mind it. I like Patrick Mahomes. I think he's fun to watch. I like Tyreek Hill, too, because he's like as literally the, the cool thing to me is that uh, Patrick Mahomes is so versatile and Tyreek Hill is just one of those players who you know how he's going to beat you and you can't do anything to stop it anyways. Like you look at Tyreek Hill and you're like, well, he's a lot faster than I am and their quarterback can just throw it 70 yards down the field and he's literally just going to run faster than me and catch it. Like, how daunting is that if you're the <laughs> cornerback lining up against Tyreek Hill? You go, well, I hope he doesn't literally sprint straight because then I'm screwed. And it doesn't matter how freaking good I am. He's, ju- he's just faster. Like, I think that's so interesting and makes them so fun to watch. Well, what's even better than just his raw speed is he knows how to use it. We've seen so many speedsters come into the league. Uh, you know, they're posting four, two, three, four, two, four, four, two, five, forty times, uh, and they get drafted higher than they normally would have, solely based on their speed. But we've seen a lot of them. They just, yeah, you can if you run fast, that's great. But corners and safeties in the league have adapted well enough to cover that where you can't just run a nine every single play uh, and, you know, be hauling in 75-yard touchdown passes every single time you, you touch the field. Tyreek Hill knows how to use his speed, and he's not just fast. He's he's quick. He's agile. He's elusive. Knows how to get open, yeah. which makes him that much more of a threat. Fun to watch, and I love that he's usually on my fantasy team too, but... <laughs> That's a separate discussion. That just makes it a little better. Uh, To number five, now we're starting to get into the part of this list that is a little bit more filled with question marks. Um, Number five, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Huh. And I I don't Um, know what to think about that. Because, yes, it's Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. But it's it's Tom Brady at the age of, what, 43 now? Where he hasn't put up a, he hasn't Although, put up a season where he's been in the top half of the league statistically in several years. If, if you look at it, though... Uh, Question for you. Where are the New England Patriots ranked on this list? Scrolling, 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 scrolling. Oh, wow. Scrolling. Scrolling. Wow. Number 18. (laughs) Number 18. See, I think that shows that Tom Brady, if he's been on a decline, which, yeah, I think you could say a little bit, but not drastic. 
I think that's part of the reason, too. You look at that roster. He was playing with the number 18 roster last season, did not have any offensive weapons to speak of, and yet still put up a better than average uh, season. He was number 26 so now, overall in quarterbacks last year in passing yards. So that's not what yeah, I would call he, above he was still, average. <clears throat> He was still very efficient last season. I, I don't like Tom Brady, but I you, you can't make the argument that he's not a good quarterback anymore. I He's still capable in this league. And giving him the offensive weapons that he has now, I mean, getting Rob Gronkowski back, having Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, that's the best offense he's had in, what, probably a decade? Yeah, but I so, think... Yeah, I don't know. Can he utilize he, it like he, he would have been able to he 10 years ago? And oh, no, I don't think so. But I still think he'll he'll be able to utilize it effectively. So he won't be as good as Tom Brady in his prime, but I still think he's going to be better than a so lot of people this, think he will be. Would you agree that this is accurate, that they're they have a better roster currently than the Dallas Cowboys? Because I disagree with that. I disagree with that, too, but I don't think you move the Buccaneers too far down. I still think you keep them somewhere in the top 10, maybe, so, you know, one or two spots outside of it. So, yes, I'd say top five is a little high, if you, but they've got a good roster. These are hypotheticals course. now, but I'm just curious. If you take Tom Brady out and put Jameis Winston in, where is this roster? Top 10, top 15? Bottom 15. Oh, gosh. Like, because when you look at those I, two, I don't know I if Tom Brady is such an immaculate upgrade. Like, that sounds, that might be, maybe sounds kind of dumb, but with. No, I'm with I, you on I that. I don't know like, if that's. James Winston is ahead of Tom Brady in every category except for, I would say, except for interceptions and smarts. In terms of like just football yes. yeah. intelligence, because Tom Brady is probably the most intelligent football wise player to play the game. I don't know outside Behind of football. Behind Peyton Manning, yeah, I agree. In, yeah, inside <laughs> of football, he just understands yep. the game, right? He doesn't play like Brett Favre, who didn't understand football <laughs> at all. I'm gonna uh, throw a hail mary right here. I'm just gonna throw, I'm just gonna <laughs> throw the ball. Uh, but yeah, like I think. I don't know, and I'm intrigued. I'm also intrigued about Jameis Winston too, because was his problem maybe that he just wasn't getting mentored properly? Yeah, I think that that's a, that's a big possibility too, because in Tampa Bay, that was a a big. Uh, I think Nick yes. called it the risk it for the biscuit yeah. offense, where it it was a very very aggressive offense, and I think you know obviously. With Jameis throwing for the most yards in the league, throwing over 5,000 yards last season, showed that it worked a lot of times, and he had 30 touchdown passes. But, you know, his his 33 total turnovers <laughs> is not great. Um, and so, yeah, I think it, he's a very, very talented quarterback, and I wonder, you know, if, you know, him signing with, with the Saints, you know, Sean Payton has been known as, as a quarterback's yeah. coach. Like, are we, um, I'm, I'm, uh, is mean, Jameis Winston actually like a really 
football intelligent quarterback I, and really talented. He was just in an offensive system that said, hey, throw it as far as you can all the time. And I, I, and I think this is where Brady becomes the upgrade over Jameis Winston is Brady doesn't have the the physical just the raw physical strength and ability that Jameis Winston has. I mean, it just makes sense. Jameis Winston's like yeah. what, yeah, 26, 27 quarterback in his prime and Tom and Tom, Bra- <laughs> and Tom Brady's 42. Um, but he has the intelligence to make that kind of offense work it, based on timing, based on reads uh, and having that talent around him. I'm not saying that Tom Brady's going to throw for 5000 yards, not even close. I don't think you're going to have that explosive of an offense, but he what Tom Brady threw for what 4000 yards what around 20 25 touchdowns last season I think you can see that maybe a little bit more just with the with the talent they that they have on offense and with with the significant reduction in turnovers that Tom Brady brings I think that significantly vaults the Buccaneers roster their ability to succeed I think the lack of turnovers is a huge deal yeah I don't I don't know. Five just seems I'm everyone seems extremely overhyped, in my opinion, about the Buccaneers. Yeah, I think so, too. I think I think overhype is is a good word. And I I definitely don't think they belong in the top five. But I you could definitely make the argument. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. Like we're we're talking about this offense, though. We're talking about weapons that were used in the risk it for the biscuit as you call it like it is chris godwin really one of the top tier wide receivers in the league or was he just running complete i don't know was he running a much riskier offense and he doesn't get penalized for the times that that doesn't work i see what you're saying like i i think there's a little bit of both but i think mike evans and chris godwin are a great one i guess we'll have to see if they're able to adjust because it's not going to be 40 yard bombs down the field because i don't know if tom can throw the football 40 yards anymore yeah like i think it the the scheme (laughs) i and i don't know if the scheme was made for Jameis winston or if Jameis winston was just fit into the scheme of throwing a 50 50 ball every time and chris godwin and mike evans are really highly ranked as wide receivers because when they're able to come down with that ball, maybe they're good in 50-50 situations, they look great because they're averaging 45 yards a catch. But if you have a quarterback like Tom Brady, whose shoulder has been firing since 1983, (laughs) you can't throw those 50-50 balls anymore. And is the offense... I I know Tom Brady is going to have something to say about the offense, but... I don't know if it's going to work the same way. Are Chris Godwin and Mike Evans as good on the underneath routes as they are on 50-50 balls? I just yeah. don't know. And I'm not confident. Yeah, the first half of the season, if the season happens, is will be really telling, I think. And particularly in yep. the NFC and South some, against And top places to play particularly in the, the NFC Saints. South, too. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I don't know, man. I don't know. That's this is a team I I think this might be the team I have the most question marks about 
because I just don't know if Tom Brady yeah. is going to be as good as you, we would think he should be. I am excited for Antoine Winfield Jr. I do for love sure. him, our Minnesota boy, um, that I really, really, I really wish, wish he would have come yeah, to the Vikings. Yeah, I really wish we would have drafted him. Yep, that. But I see why we didn't, because we have you know the two, uh, two of the best safeties in the league. And we don't need another safety, I guess. But I really would have liked to see Antoine Winfield Jr. play for the Vikings. Yep. One day, maybe. Uh, moving to number six with another uh, Minnesota connection. That was Cowboys. Dak Prescott, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, but my my Minnesota connection, that's no longer a Minnesota connection, uh, but uh, Trayvon Diggs coming to the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Noah, yep. how excited are you for that? I'm really excited. I think particularly with the departure of Byron Jones, um, the Cowboys, for as infuriating as their on-the-field performance has been, really, you know, since Jason Garrett started. Um, they've done a good job in the draft. They've done a good job in personal management, which makes those on-the-field uh, issues even more infuriating because we've always had a talented roster. And this draft was just the same. Uh, you know, C.D. Lamb, Trayvon Diggs. Uh, you, there's not a single pick on that draft board that I think was an egregious error. I think they were all really good picks as well. And you add that into an offense uh, with, you know, one of the best running backs in the league, one of the best wide receivers in the league, uh, Dak Prescott, who I would argue is a top five, top 10 quarterback yes. oh, yeah. on his best day. I would, I would be uh, completely a, on board with top five. Dak Prescott is one of the best current quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, that's not, that's not an argument. Yeah. You've got a, a strong offensive line, and yet it sucks that um, uh, uh, Travis Frederick retired. Uh, that, that is a huge blow. Um, but when he was out two seasons ago, dealing with Guillain-Barre syndrome, uh, the Cowboys showed that they could overcome that. And I think adding you know, Tyler Biotish, I don't think you can slot him right away, but having Joe Looney, uh, just, there are some good options at center. So their offense is one of the most complete offenses in football right now i think really the only question mark is tight end um because as much as i love jason witten <laughs> i think jason garrett was a little too loyal to him and so that's jason brotherhood the, naturally the, the exactly and I, I i think that's that stunted the the ability to develop other tight ends because jason witten's getting playing time and and it worked i jason witten was a productive tight end but now it'll be interesting to see what blake jarwin can do uh if we need to get another tight end uh, defense, there are more questions on the other side of the ball. Uh, they always have a good defense on paper. Like, it, if you had this defensive line four or five years ago with Demarcus Lawrence, Don Terry Poe, Gerald McCoy, and Randy Gregory, that could have been in discussion for top defensive line in all football. And it's still a, a darn good defensive line right now. Um, linebacking core of Van Der Esch, Smith, and Lee, uh, it's solid. It's really good, uh, particularly Van Der Esch and Smith uh, are up and coming. Secondary, I think, is where the most questions are, uh, particularly with Byron Jones leaving. He really established himself as one of the, the best corners in football. But I am excited for this new defensive staff to see what they're able to bring in. Uh, the Cowboys sucked at getting turnovers. They could not 
turn uh, force offenses to turn the ball over to save their lives. Uh, and their new defensive coordinator, I think, has a more aggressive style of play and is better suited to some of the corners that we have on this team. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how how the defense adapts and reacts, and particularly that secondary. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm excited. I like this ranking at number six. Uh, call me a <laughs> homer, but uh, I, I, I think it works. Yeah, I, I it's it the fits. same thing we've been saying for years now with the Cowboys. And I'm going to say, what have you done for me lately? And I love, like I said, for this roster article, Great. I totally agree with you, Noah, and and with ESPN here. Six, great. Perfect. I'm all for it. Now, win the division by two games and, you know. Win the division by yeah. by one game. Just win the win division. Win the division with at least ten wins. And then. I, yeah, win the division without yeah, having I, I, the leading team be nine and seven. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest key right there is, yeah, uh, if the Cowboys can establish their because the Eagles are in the, a similar position to the Cowboys where they have a good roster. Uh, they just, for yeah. whatever reason, can't get their crap together. Um, so I think those are going to be your front runners for the NFC East this year, as they have been for the last decade. Um, but it's are both the Cowboys and Eagles playing really well. Or both of them struggling to stay above 500 like we saw last season. Um, And I'm hoping, 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 hoping. And I never thought I would say this in a million years. (laughs) You are so (laughs) on the Kool-Aid, Noah. Well, relative to to the previous head coach, I think I'd be a pretty big Mike McCarthy proponent, too. I, okay. I don't think so, (laughs) because Mike McCarthy, unless he has radically changed in his time off, is a head coach who truly does not care about his team. I I feel and maybe I'm just, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid here. But from all of the talks this season, Mike McCarthy really got his act together Um and turned around and obviously we won't yeah. be able to tell that until the season starts but just just the staff that he has assembled um particularly on the defensive side of the ball bringing in mike nolan and jim tom sula as your primary defensive coordinators uh keeping kellen moore who had some good ideas last season but was stifled by jason garrett i also think that shows a dedication to keeping some of that talent or some of that system the same keeping players in that system familiar but still allowing them to to kind of grow just the the staff that he's brought together and the the interviews that he's done uh i think shows a new mike mccarthy and once again (laughs) i have to say this i have to believe this because if i didn't i would be terrified but i really truly believe uh that we've got a good (laughs) coaching staff here and and i am genuinely excited all right for your for the sake of the Cowboys, I hope you're right. Uh, Thank number you, seven, and this is I I don't know I don't know about this one, boys. Uh, number seven, the Buffalo Bills. Hmm. Now I know they have Stephon Diggs, and for a moment I want to talk about Stephon Diggs because I still like Stephon Diggs. I always have. I always will. I think he had every right to demand a trade being a top-tier quarter, uh, top-tier wide receiver 
in the league playing on a run first offense with two number one wide receivers at every right to want to go to a team that's pass first where he would be the number one. I'm I have no harsh feelings towards him and I wish him the best in Buffalo. I do not think Josh Allen is a good quarterback. I do not think Stefan Diggs will help him become a good quarterback because Josh Allen cannot aim the ball. He can't do it. I don't think he's that bad. I don't know. I think having a, no, and I think having a wide receiver trio of Stephon Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley, you kind of have the prototypical wide receiver trio in football. You have your true number one wide receiver. You have your speedster number two option, and you have your yeah. shifty, elusive slot receiver. And I think just having having those three options will help in with with Josh Allen's accuracy problem. I think they will help develop him into a decent quarterback. Is he going to be the next Drew Brees? Heck no. Of course not. Um, but I think he can be a decent starting quarterback. Uh, their their offensive line is all right. Their running game is all right. And so I really think you'll see this Buffalo Bills team be all right. This offense in particular. The defense is, is where you, kind of the, the real talent is i mean obviously you have some talent on the offensive side as well but the, the bills have a good defense and we saw that last season so i yeah seven i don't know i guess you could debate if it's a little high but also you're starting to get to the point of who else would you put up there then um so yeah I, seven might be a little high but I, I i don't think it's as egregious of an error yeah as tj does I, I, josh allen is really interesting to me because he's a mix of like you you can't really pin him down into what type of quarterback he is because he can run and he runs frequently and he's a big flipping dude i mean he is 6'5 240 like he's a he's a big dude and i feel like accuracy comes with experience in the nfl just based on how fast the game moves and the more experience he gets i think it's only going to increase his his accuracy exponentially and the Bills are a team, and Noah, you brought up a good point. Uh, their defense will keep them in games where Josh Allen can make mistakes and that won't completely lose them the game. Whereas, like, if he's playing with a defense that's giving up 30 points a game, then he has to be perfect to even have a chance. Then, yeah, he's not going to look very good. But I don't know. I think Josh Allen is actually underrated. And I think people overlooked him last year. And I think he's going to be one of the top... 10 maybe even like seven quarterbacks this year because to be a true playoff team you got to have a solid defense and you got to be able to win with a good quarterback so they need to be able to do the right thing in the right time i think josh allen's gonna mature in that capacity this year and and really start to solidify himself as one of the better quarterbacks in the league i just don't know i just don't know he's he has the worst completion percentage in the league. Second worst above and Dwayne I, I, Haskins. Better than something like that's. I just I just don't see. I just don't see it. I just don't see it happening. He's. I don't know. I don't feel good yeah. about him. I don't. That's fair. And I think that is the number one place for improvement on this Bills team is Josh Allen. I think he 
has to improve for the Bills to live up to their number seven ranking. I think they have a a team in place, a a roster in place that I think seven could be their ceiling. I think they could get that high. Whether or not they do is all dependent on Josh Allen and getting someone such as Stefan Diggs is only going to help that. So is he going to make the jump to, you know, superstar quarterback this season? No, I do not think so. But I think it is possible to see him make a jump to competent starting quarterback. And as we saw, and particularly in this NFC or in this AFC East, although now that um, uh, the Patriots have a a certain um, uh, quarterback, <laughs> um, it's a little a little less wide open. But I think the the East is as open for the taking as it has been since arguably even before Drew Bledsoe too. And I think like, yeah, exactly. So the bills have a good shot here. If Josh Allen performs even sort of well, I think that's, that's where I think the growth can happen too, because he has, everyone else is going to keep him in the game. Then he has the opportunity to build on and grow in that accuracy category. And I think he will. I don't know. I, I like him. I'm I'm high on him. I think the more experience he can get in the playoffs, the better he's gonna be. I don't know. I don't don't sleep on Josh Allen. And you can hate TJ. I'm gonna I'm gonna maintain yeah. sleeping on I, Josh Allen until he I can think he's gonna me surprise wrong. you. I do year. not. I don't have high expectations for him. I I <laughs> I'm sorry. I will eat my words on this podcast if he ends up being even above average. If he is in the top six, if he is in the top 16 quarterbacks in completion percentage this year, I will come back on this podcast and say how wrong I was, but I do not see it happening. And I don't think, I don't think you have to have super high expectations for him. I think just expecting him to be an average quarterback, I think would be enough. Yes. Not asking him to throw forty touchdowns and throw for six thousand yards. Just asking him to be a little bit better than mediocre. I think that's yep. fair. Yeah, <laughs> barely like I above said, just top sixteen okay. in completion percentage okay. alone. So if he becomes the next checkdown, Sammy. I'll accept <laughs> it, but I don't see it happening. That's my that's my bold prediction of today. I haven't had a bold prediction in a while because there's been nothing to predict. But today, bold predictions. <laughs> um, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. I'm just going to read through a couple because there are some farther down I want to talk about. And we've already been talking about this for a while. Um, so number eight, Tennessee yeah, Titans. Getting, uh, no problem with that. Yeah. Uh, number nine, Philadelphia Eagles. Again, no problem with that. They're in a similar spot to Cowboys. I think um, last season they had a lot of injuries. That really yeah. hampered their success. I think we can expect the Cowboys and the Eagles both to do a little bit better. It might have a more competitive uh, race for the finish instead of the dumpster fire that was last season. Yeah. They're a very similar yeah. team to the Dallas Cowboys, and I think if both teams live up to their expectations, we're in for a fun year in the NFC. Uh, number 10, Pittsburgh Steelers. Really? Um, I can see that. Yeah. Their defense, defense is, is really good. good. Uh, it'll it'll remain to be seen what Ben Roethlisberger can do coming back yes. after injury. The offense number eleven is the one I want to talk about um, right now, and then we'll move on to a couple others that I want to talk about. But the Cleveland Browns at number 
11, one spot out of the top 10 teams in the NFL. How do we feel about this? Well, I, I feel similar to the Cowboys, but um, how, I don't know how to say this. Like, they're, they're simil- their situation is similar to the Cowboys in that it's the same, like, look at it on paper and you go, wow, okay, look at this. Like, how could this team lose? And then it's going to go back to a, well, prove it type of thing because the tools are there. The tools have been there. The potential is there. There's a new coaching staff. They are, they are literally eliminating all excuses. So there is no reason for this team not to be a top 11 team. There's absolutely no reason. So if they are not successful, if they don't get a wild card spot, then it's an unsuccessful season and they're going to have to rip it apart and try again because it's the time is now they are running the time has run out and all of the tools are there so what are you going to do with it that's just the only thing that it hinges on and last year was a huge disappointment everyone's talking about if baker mayfield should be benched if he should even be playing which terrifies me because Case, Case. Keenum would Case. come in. Case, 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 Case. <laughs> Talk Case. about people Case. past their primes. <laughs> but I don't know, man. It's Their expectations are lower than that of the Cowboys, but it's the same exact thing for me. Everything is there. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to gel this together? And hopefully Stefanski can do it. I'm skeptical. I'm still cautiously optimistic, but... I don't know, man. Hey, all I'm saying is that the last time Case Keenum came in under circumstances that were less than ideal, he went 13-3 and and made it to the NFC Championship game. So, Didn't he only go 12-3? and Because didn't Bradford win that first game technically? I don't know. I don't yeah, remember. okay. So we went 12-3. and <laughs> I don't know. It's... Hey, just saying. Bench Baker Mayfield halfway through week one, you're set. That's the... <laughs> recipe i have held that this browns team is going to be the next 2017 minnesota vikings mark my words yes it's gonna we're talking about bold predictions brace yourself anthony for the this pain is the browns year <laughs> that will come with this <laughs> this does not end in any way other than extreme <laughs> suffering <laughs> so uh. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm just yeah. looking at the depth um, chart, and I'm like how, like, how are they not scoring 40 points a game? Like you just <laughs> you look at this, and when you recognize most of the names, and you can just be like, you know what, this team, like how could this team be bad? And then they go out, and they just suck in some games. It's like how, dude? Like how are these names not gelling together? So is it possibly because they're in Cleveland? I don't know, man. Is that possibly part Maybe of it? They just need to that move their possible. franchise. The, the Cleveland factor is real. Yeah. Uh, number 12, Green Bay Packers. As much as I hate it, it's accurate. They proved me wrong last season. I was really hoping Aaron Rodgers would have uh, words with everyone on the team and that he wouldn't mesh with anyone anymore. But I was wrong. He was fine. <laughs> I'm sad about it. Uh, 13, Indianapolis Colts. 
under the helm of Philip Rivers. Wow. That is that's a ceiling. Interesting. If I do say so yeah, myself. That's definite ceiling. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. With they, their biggest weakness is also listed as Xavier Rhodes, and that actually makes me kind of <laughs> sad because I still like yeah, Xavier. The biggest weakness I, on the I, entire team. I'm really, really team. sad that he's the... Oh, <laughs> uh, I hope he does better this season. I really do. And I hope Phil Rivers does better this season, too. I want the Colts to be good this year, to be honest. They're... They yes, like I talk a lot about the Vikings suffering these recent years, and I have kind of in my heart just camaraderie with other teams who go through similar things. And the Colts have been through like the Browns. I I want them to do well because the Browns franchise has been nothing but yeah. pain. The Colts in recent memory have been the same, where it's just been one punch after another, and they can't seem to get things together enough to make it work even a little bit. So I hope I hope <laughs> Philip Rivers can get his Super Bowl. I hope Xavier Rhodes can pull it together, but I don't I don't have faith that they will. Agreed. Yeah. Yep, that's that's fair. Jonathan Taylor's good though. Running back out of Wisconsin. Like he's he's something to watch. One two punch with Marlon so, Mack too. Marlon Mack's been fantastic these last couple of years we could we could see a good running game out of the Colts they've got a good offensive line they got Jonathan Taylor Marlon Mack that's that's a combo yeah yeah and the, the left side of the offensive line in particular with Costanzo and Nelson over there is one of the best tackle guard combos yeah. in the league then we talk um, about DeForest Buckner so love that name on the defense yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the defense is definitely the bigger question mark here, but uh, they've got some good edge rushing front seven pieces in place. As, as much as it pains me, it is that secondary yeah. that, uh, that has some questions. If, if Xavier Rhodes can bounce back and be even, you know, a decent cornerback, doesn't even have to be the all-pro that he was a few years ago, uh, this Colts defense could be kind of scary, actually. I've, I'm pulling for you guys over in Indy, all right? <laughs> I have I have some hope. Uh, number fourteen, Denver Broncos. That's probably accurate. Um, I don't know if I have that much faith in Drew Locke, but I think he's a Mizzou guy. Yeah, I got root for him. He Drew Locke. I think he could be fine. Philip Lindsay's pretty good. Melvin Gordon is yeah. good. Cortland Sutton's fine. Um, I think I think that they will be a middle of the road team. I don't have a problem. Okay, with can that. I ask a question really quick? Have I yeah. been not paying attention? Have you not mentioned the Vikings yet? I have not mentioned the Vikings yet. Okay. Yep. There's a couple of surprises that I'm about to move okay. into. Um, Vikings will be a little bit later in my surprise. First surprise is number 15, the Seattle Seahawks. Remember when they were in the race last year to take number one from San Francisco 49ers? Yeah, and having I, I, you can definitely make the argument that the Niners had the the more talented roster, but uh, I think any team with a certain uh, Russell Wilson uh, is always going to be in contention. Yeah, um, their defense definitely not nearly as good as it was, you know, during the Legion of Boom, uh, but it's no slouch. Like either. if we're talking about the uh, same, essentially the same roster 
as we're talking about last year, yeah. this is a good yeah. team. This is a really good team. I have a really tough time with them being below um, pretty much any of the teams you just listed there. The Colts, the Broncos. Below the Broncos? Below the Browns? I would even say, like, up... They're more flirting with, like, seven or eight. I would put them ahead of the Steelers, personally. They're a top ten team. Yes. Absolutely. They're not at 15. That's yeah, that's a, I disagree with that. Uh, all right. Moving on from that. Number 16, the Los Angeles Chargers. Jolt the bolts. Uh, this has... <laughs> this uh, article has Terod Taylor starting at quarterback for him, um, which I, I think he will be starting, right? They're not going to put Justin no. Herbert in from no. week one because Terod, I think Terod has potential. I think he could be good. Um, and giving some mentorship to Herbert would be a very good idea because Herbert is not ready yeah. to play in the NFL. Terod is the perfect four week quarterback. You know, like he's he's good enough to give you a chance to win in those four weeks so that your backup is ready to come in. I mean, it was the exact same thing in Cleveland. Like, I don't know if it was four or six weeks or whatever, but it's just he's I he, I don't think he's going to lead your team to the playoffs, but um, he's not going to win any games for you. And he will probably lose a couple games for you. But I, I mean, we've talked yeah. about this before on previous podcasts. I love the Chargers. I think the Chargers have so much upside. It's hard not to put money on the Chargers. So I, I don't mind them being this high. Yeah, jolt the bolts. It'll be interesting yes. to see what they do with Justin Herbert. I mean, weapons, man. Talk about weapons. Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. There's weapons there. Realistic prediction, I think Justin Herbert, if the season happens... Starts at some point yeah, this season. Tyrod Taylor gets benched. Yeah, agreed. For Justin Herbert at yeah. some point. I would say probably in Unless the first. Tyrod can pull something off. Right, but which would be I cool. I don't know if that's right. I would support it. I, I would say Justin. You yeah. see Justin Herbert starting a game before Week Nine. I think yeah. first half of the season. That's fair. Yeah. Number seventeen, and here we have it: the Minnesota Vikings. My bold statement right here, right now, I agree with this ranking. And I do too. I, I think you could, you could argue, maybe move it up a few positions, move it down a few positions, but yeah, right around the here. The Vikings, works. in my opinion, are the single team in the NFL with the highest discrepancy between their ceiling and their floor this season. I think this is a team that yes. could possibly go as high as 11 and 5. I also think this team could go as low as a 6 and 10, possibly even 5 and 11. I yeah, just the amount of young raw talent that's on this team. I mean, you've got the starters, Kirk Cousins, go quarterback. Dalvin Cook, Forden maybe and if not Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, who proved last year he is also probably a top 10, top 15 running back in the league, he's good. Good enough to make an offense stand out. Kyle Rudolph is good. Adam Thielen is good. The rest of the offense is unproven. Justin Jefferson, 
Tajay Sharp. Yes. Uh, on the line, you've got Ezra Cleveland and Drew Samia both coming in as rookies. Yeah, and I think some of the even bigger questions come on defense, particularly they lost their starting secondary. All of it. The they entire lost, starting say, secondary. And while, and that's, I think that is the biggest part of it for me the offensive line is huge for me right now because Kirk Cousins cannot play yes, without an offensive yep. line he's a good quarterback with an offensive line and he does not know what to do when yeah, he's not a playmaker and the Vikings for whatever reason have refused to invest in offensive line for the better part it's of the day. so <laughs> true but we seem to have something I'm excited for Ezra Cleveland I think this offensive line has potential I'm gonna hold off on thinking that it's good until I actually see it happen the defense, though, I think it could be a really good defense, right? Like, Mike Hughes has shown himself to be capable of being a great corner. Holden Hill, I'm unsure about. We haven't seen a ton from him. Jeff Gladney is a rookie. You've got Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith, two of the best safeties in the league. Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr at linebacker. You've got Daniil Hunter on the line, on the edge. Ifedio Denibo on the other side, who, replacing Everson Griffin, yes, Everson Griffin is a loss, but Ifedio Denibo coming in as a second-ish string, kind of on that rotating line that Zimmer likes to run, has shown himself to be a decent to good yeah. edge yep. rusher. Um, the interior line has some concerns with Shamar Stefan and Michael Pierce. There's a lot of question marks. I think this defense, if running the way Mike Zimmer wants it to, could be the next iteration of the Vikings purple people eater defense, right? But it also could be... That can, I can see it, that. It just could be a bunch of Swiss cheese. Yeah. Yep. And I think it's more likely for that to happen than for the next great defense to happen. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I don't know. I, I'm so concerned. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not great. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic because I've seen what Mike Zimmer is able to do with rookies before. I mean, none of these players on the previous like top tier Mike Zimmer defense, none of them were guys that we brought in who were already superstars, right? Except mm -hmm. uh, for Sheldon Richardson. We brought him in. But that was it. Everyone else was homegrown, essentially. It was a cultivation. So I have hope, because a lot of these guys have been on the team for quite some time, working with Zimmer's... Uh, now I'm blanking on the word scheme. There it is. <laughs> uh, just working with Zimmer, knowing what he wants, and then with, again, Andre Patterson on the defensive line coaching specifically, I think the defense could be good. But I don't know if they will be. And that's bothering me to no end that I have no idea where they will end up. I'm very excited, but I'm very worried. Spoken like a true Vikings fan right there, huh? Uh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The potential to me is scary because it's 
there were, those are the expectations, right? Like, it's expected that the Vikings make the playoffs, especially with how much money they're throwing around and the whole Kirk Cousins thing and all that. And it's just, it's hard to put a lot of faith. Like, this is, this is a diluted version of the Cowboys and Browns, in my opinion, over the last three years. Because the Vikings have had the success that they've had, and then the expectation is, well, just do it again. Like, you just got better, so why wouldn't you do it again? But now there's different arising issues and stuff. So, And to me, it, it makes no sense not to fully invest in offensive line. And they did, for sure, through the draft. But it should be, like, a, in my opinion, a full, obvious reconstruction or revamping of the offensive line. Because that's what makes your team so much better running the football and throwing the football. So I don't know. I'm really on the fence about the Vikes. I don't, I, I just have no idea. I could see six and 10 and I could see 11 and five. So tempered expectations for the uh, Vikes. Uh, 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 man, I'm going to move on before I get too wrapped yeah. up and worried about the Vikings. Um, there's a couple other teams I want to talk about. I'm going to run through some more. Um, Patriots at number 18. This article was written before Cam Newton was signed. So my question about the Patriots, do they move up or down with the Cam Newton signing? Well, definitely up. Yeah. Up, obviously okay. up. Just making sure you're all on the same page I think here. it's more, um, more of a question of how high up. I think I think you move them near the top 10. I don't know if they're a top 10, top 10 team just yet. They had the best defense uh, in terms of pass protection. Uh, yeah. last year and so I think adding a, a bona fide starting quarterback to that team I, I I don't know what that adds to but I you could definitely make the argument that they belong up there toward number 11 number 12 where were where were the Packers Packers are 12 the, the uh, uh, where, where Colts were, the Colts? were what 14 oh yeah perfect they they 13. I think they slot 13, right in between yeah. there Oh, yeah. I think you could argue maybe 12, 13, yeah. 14. I, I'm so excited to see what Cam Newton does working with Bill Belichick. Yeah. Like, Cam That'll Newton is arguably one of the most talented quarterbacks we've seen just from a physical standpoint. He's built like a linebacker. And I think Bill Belichick is also excited to work uh, with a quarterback that isn't like a spongy dad bod <laughs> in Tom Brady. Like, like an, an actual, actual athlete. athlete instead of just a guy who really knows how football works. Like Cam Newton is actually like a football player, right? Um, yeah. So I think Bill Belichick is excited to work with him. I, I'm excited to see what he does. Yeah, that'll be fun. Can I, I just want to quote something because I saw this yesterday and I – I thought it was hilarious, and the person who gave this quote is even funnier to me. So the quote is, Cam is not all of a sudden about to go back to 2013 Cam and start running the football like Lamar Jackson. That's not happening anymore. And I agree with that statement. Like, I think I have never been very high on Cam Newton. I think he's been a poor man, Russell Wilson, Mm -hmm. a poor man's Russell Wilson, and a poor man's now Lamar Jackson. And he's mobile, but he's not a running quarterback. And 
he gets hurt all the time because of his huge frame and how he plays the game, right? Like Lamar Jackson's super elusive. Yeah. He's small, but he's super elusive. Russell Wilson, same thing. Small, but super elusive. Cam Newton is not really elusive to me. Like he's just, oh, where it's, it's third and two. Yeah, I'm going yeah, to run it and I'm going to run through the tackles myself. So I, I agree with that quote that People are like, oh my gosh, they got a huge steal in Cam Newton. Like, Cam Newton's so good. Cam Newton this, that. I'm like, well, hang on a second. Like, there's a reason he was where he was. Because of injuries and because he really wasn't outstanding in the last couple years. Like, he was good, especially when they made the Super Bowl run. He was good, but he's not what he used to be. And I think what makes that quote even better is the fact that my guy Booger McFarland was the person giving <laughs> that quote. I, I read the quote. Booger. I read the quote, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, that's exactly what I think. And I looked down, and I was like, oh, no. That just. He's been with us all this just, time. He never left our side. Totally takes out any legitimacy of that quote because of the name under it. Like, oh, my God. But I wanted to share that just for a couple of reasons. And I can't, like, I'm excited to see what. McDaniels and Belichick can do, but I don't know. I he is just not the best quarterback in my opinion. I think if uh, my bold prediction, Cam Newton being the the linebacker, you know what he's a six six and I don't even know how large. Um, six five two forty five. If he stops running the ball and just trusting in trucking over people and stops getting injured like that. Instead, transitions to a pocket-style quarterback who just is so big that he's hard to take down, similar to a Big Ben style of play. I think Cam Newton could be really good. Yeah. He avoids injury by not running into people all the time. He uses his size and athleticism because he's, he's like Big Ben, but again, m- more athletic. That when someone comes and tries to hit him, he can stay up in the pocket but unlike big ben can take off running when the pocket collapses yeah so i i think running a scheme that doesn't rely on him running all the time because i think that that is where we got into trouble was cam newton's scheme that they were running in carolina relied on him running the ball at the first sign of trouble which leads to a lot of injuries because he's getting hit in a lot of open field tackles. Stay in the pocket, have a decent offensive line, trust in taking a pocket hit, which is a generally softer hit than the one you get when you're lowering your head straight into a linebacker. I think we could see, we could see a different era of Cam Newton. And I think he could be good. And I think... I think the head coach helps quite a bit because Ron Rivera, one of the great NFL head coaches in the league today, but he's a defensive yeah. guy. And that, that was a defensive team. Bill Belichick, arguably the greatest offensive mind in football ever. And so to see what Bill Belichick is able to do after you know 20 years of experience with Tom Brady, um, not saying you're going to shift Cam Newton into Tom Brady 2.0, but implement some of that pocket passing style into Cam Newton's game. Uh, make him more willing to 
go through progressions and stay in the pocket. Because, as you guys mentioned, Cam Newton is just a physical beast. 6'5", what, 250 or something like that? Just just a freak of a human. Uh, and so could take some some punishment in the pocket, could take some hits, um, and, 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 and deal with them effectively. So I think I, I'm really excited to see what Cam Newton can do. I think... Obviously, you're not going to see 2015 MVP form again, at least not right away. If you do, oh, my gosh, that'd be <laughs> so much fun to watch. But you are going to see a better Cam Newton, I think, and a more exciting. I Cam think that I think uh, the role in the, the AFC East got or the the gap in the AFC East got a whole lot smaller, too, with that addition. Between the, yes. the Bills and the Patriots. Yeah, yes. All right, we're going to just run through the rest of the list. Tell me if anything catches your eye. Detroit Lions, number 19. Okay. Matt Stafford, Super Bowl bound. <laughs> yeah, number 19, Super Bowl bound. <laughs> um, I do like Jeff Okuda coming out of college. As a rookie, He, yep. I think that's a great pickup for the Lions. I'm excited to see yep. what he does. Um, he could be, could be the next big-name cornerback in the league. Uh, Atlanta Falcons yeah. at number 20. Yep, makes sense. Got some good yeah. pieces, but really inconsistent overall. Uh, Chicago Bears at 21. It seems high. Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. That's just... That's... I... I don't know about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that at all. 21 is high. I mean, I am as undying uh, of a supporter as Nick Foles will ever get, but I think the the energy is running out. And I don't think Nick Foles is necessarily the answer to the problem that Mitch Trubisky has created in Chicago. If, if you look, Nick Foles has only had success in an Andy Reid-style yeah. offense when he was playing for Reid in Kansas City for a little bit and then playing in Doug Peterson, who was a, an Andy Reid protege. So uh, unless Nick Foles signs with the Chiefs or the Eagles, I don't think you're going to see... Uh, Super Bowl yeah. run Nick Foles and Mitch too. Trubisky I, I still stand by it Mitch Trubisky is just the most skittish quarterback in the NFL <laughs> yes he yes he has so many rushing yards every season but that's just because he refuses to stay in the pocket and he refuses to even mm -hmm. give a receiver a second look if there is even the slightest sense that he doesn't have a perfectly clean throw and yep. it's it's just yep. after living in Chicago for a little while and hearing all of the Chicago fans give all of their reasons for wanting Mitch Trubisky to be good. They're all Chicago is so all in on Mitch Trubisky that even the fans are like, we just have to wait until he's good because there's no other option. Oh, that's sad. It's sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, number 21, I think that's five for the Bears. Number 22, they have their new logo, and I still Ugh. hate it. Los Angeles Rams. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Their, their logo, their uniforms are, I think, 31st overall, and that's just because they don't have a race. <laughs> yeah, that's true. As that's the only thing that's... Yeah. <laughs> and and that, 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 that is a and low And we're, we're hoping... That in the next couple of weeks, Los Angeles bumps down to 32. Yes, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be great because uh, I, I, roster-wise, Rams, yeah. I, 
obviously any defense with Aaron Donald uh, is is going to be a good one. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's it, they are the Los Angeles of football teams. <laughs> yeah. It just in terms like like their sports culture, They're big and flashy to start off, but they've really faded away and nobody cares yeah. anymore. And that's what they deserve. <laughs> Heck off. Number twenty three, Houston Texans. Yeah, I guess losing DeAndre Hopkins will bump you down yep. pretty far. Their their yep. management is trying to destroy yep. the team. That's it. I I, yes. I I am fully going all like tinfoil hat conspiracy <laughs> theory on the Houston Texans management is actively trying to make the team worse. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't I don't get it, but they have to be. There's no other reason to be doing what they're doing. I think that's that's a f- 23 is accurate and they'll be dropping every year uh from now until eternity until someone else buys the team and decides they want <laughs> to win. Number 24, Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I, I yeah, now they have sense. DeAndre Hopkins. I think so. Yes, and so I, I think a wide receiving core of DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, and an up and coming Kyler Murray is good. I think their ceiling is yes. much higher than twenty four, um, but they have a lot of work to do. Yeah, to get there. I, I would be okay with them up near twenty, but twenty four sounds fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, number twenty five. This is a weird one to say. The Las Vegas Raiders. Yes. Yep, that, yep. that fits. Yeah. Number 26, Cincinnati Bengals. Yep, I can see that. It'll be interesting to see what they can do with uh, Joe Burrow to A.J. Green, see if they can uh, re-spark some of A.J. Yeah. Green's early career that's magic. That's about all they got. So that's about <laughs> all you got. Yeah. Also, I hope they do well solely for the sake of Trey Waynes and Mackenzie uh. Alexander. Love you, boys. Come back, please. We miss you. <laughs> um, yeah, I I honestly think Bengals' defense could be better than it was last season. Trey Waynes and Mackenzie Alexander could be good, Yeah, I think. They were decent with the Vikings, and I don't know how much of that was coaching and scheme or how much was their talent. I think they're both talented guys. I think this defense, looking at it, just from an objective standpoint, looking at the players on it, it could be as good as a middle-of-the-road defense. Yep. And that's, that's about yeah, it. it. Also, I, it yep, makes yeah. your life a lot easier as a cornerback when you have Daniel Hunter and Everson Griffin breathing down the throat of it the really quarterback. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. Yeah. But we'll see. Uh, number 27, the New York Giants. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, they're bad. Times. Yep, that's uh, yeah. They're they're a dumpster fire. It's too bad. Uh, number twenty eight, New York Jets. Poor New York. They really have nothing going <laughs> right. for them right now, do they? Yeah, I don't. No, neither I don't do I. <laughs> uh, I think that's fair though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the uh, this article was written eleven days ago, um, and just seeing right now the biggest strength, biggest strength in New York Jets highlighted as jamal adams <laughs> and that's yeah. so he's still technically I, there he's still technically there just like uh, a couple months ago stefan Diggs was still technically on the vikings but we all know he yeah. won't be when the season comes right. around 
that's, that's not a guarantee because the the Jets still have several years of control on Jamal Adams and as one of the up and coming safeties in the league. I don't feel like the Jets are super inclined to deal him unless they get a haul. And I'm not sure if there are any teams willing to 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 send that haul. I mean, we're talking, you know, probably two first round picks, and I, I don't know if teams are, are willing to do that. So the Jets are firmly in control here. I would not be surprised if Adam starts the season I as just, a New York Jet. I don't know if he's going to play. Like I, Yeah, that's what I'm concerned seems, about. For, with his stance, like he seems like he'll just say, you know what, I don't, I'll break the contract. I don't care. I'm just not going to play. Yeah, he's he's taken the route of wanting to play for a team that'll put him in championship position, which, again, I can't blame yeah. him. If I was on the current New York mm-hmm. Jets, I also would not want to be on the team anymore. Um, yep. So I, I can't blame him for anything in this situation. And I, I could foresee him just just breaking contract. Yeah. Holding out at the very least. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um Number 29, Carolina Panthers, Teddy Bridgewater. I want... Oh, I hope they win I the Super Bowl. I want them to be better. <laughs> I mean, they, they've got Bridgewater and McCaffrey. That's, that's about On both it. sides of but the ball. But I want them to be good. I really want Teddy to be good. Teddy, come back. We love you. We like, miss you. I feel like the Panthers, along with you know the Bengals, uh, maybe the Cardinals... Uh, they've got a higher ceiling than their rank indicates, but they have a lot of work, as I said. Right, and to you could get definitely like this is legit. You could see, you could see the Panthers being the 29th best team in the league. I think that's that's not far fetched at all. Yeah. yeah, right. I know, and particularly in the division right. that they're in, with the Falcons, the Saints, and the Bucks, um, you could easily see them going one and five for sure, or maybe even zero oh and six. In the division. Yeah. It's sad, but... Um, number 30. <laughs> hashtag Teddy got hashtag signed. Hashtag Teddy got signed. Now, hashtag Teddy, please do well. Um, number 30, the Miami Dolphins. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, I just seeing this stat, their offensive line gave up pressure in two and a half seconds or less on one third oh my of all drawbacks. Oh. <laughs> 1,001, 1,002, oh, 1,000. That's how long it took for defenders to get to the quarterback Dang. on 33% of plays, which is five points higher. It's five percentage points higher than any other team. We talk about the offensive line yes. of Minnesota being bad. Offensive line of Miami, Miami is... Atrocious garbage. It makes you wonder if they have five guys down on the line. Like, are they just trying out three guys on the line, or what? Like, they're that's bad. Uh, Number thirty-one, the Washington. Insert future name here. Um, (laughs) Hopefully, really the only the only two good players they have on the roster are Terry McLaurin at wide receiver and Montez Sweat as edge rusher. They just did draft Chase Young, so it'll be interesting to see how Chase he Young is good. Yeah, that defense. He's good. He's good. Uh, but yeah. Washington's coaching staff and front office in particular are horrible. They are so, so bad. bad. Uh, and have 
made a joke of this roster, which personally I'm <laughs> fine with. Um, but they have uh, they've got so much work to do on this roster. I mean, every single position mm-hmm. needs help. Yeah. It can only go up from here. Well, I guess you could stay the same, but you... Or you could go down to 32nd and join the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, talk about a dumpster Oof. fire being yeah. a compliment to a team and being too <laughs> nice. I don't know. They And has there been a faster fall from grace and how good they were what was Remember that three years ago our episodes two years yeah. ago or two or three years ago well we were we were having them as the number one team in the afc mm-hmm. remember that in, in the super bowl remember those times? Yeah. yeah i mean they 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 were a game away from the super Gosh. bowl them and the rams have both just jumped off the cliff that's what it's been like and it's been so like uh well, anticlimactic is the word I'm looking for. Both of them got really yep. close and then just they're quietly like, fell yep. apart. They're more intense yes. Rams. More yeah. exacerbated. They yeah. just, they, they fell, they both kind of reached the same heights. Rams went to the Super Bowl. Jaguars went to the conference championship. And then they both just fell off so quickly. So hard and so fast. It's so sad. Gardner Minshew, the only thing that can fix it. <laughs> the mustache. The stash must go on. Yeah, and if Minshew that's all you got, baby. then you are royally screwed. That's for sure. And uh, now that my computer has stopped responding, I'm going to give my final hashtag thoughts, and I think it's time we initiate a new can- hashtag. So we've got... I, 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 I have a proposal for one Let's if hear you're it. looking for one. Uh, do, do you have I was thinking TJ hashtag Minshew Mania. I was thinking hashtag heck off. <laughs> I would say there's no reason we can't add both of them. Why not? Hashtag. All right, I've got the uh, I've got the official Q4 hashtag list right here. I am adding them both. Hashtag Romo 2020. I need hashtag Teddy got signed. Hashtag spoof for boof. Hashtag. Uh, Go Browns. Go Browns, hashtag Jolt the Bolts, hashtag Cobb Bostis, <laughs> ha- hashtag Kevin, hashtag Minshew Mania, hashtag Heck Off Rams. Uh, from all of us at the Q4 Podcast, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>